Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello and welcome to Cat Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in with us today. I'm Molly DeVos. And I'm Dewey Vaughn. And we're your hosts of Cat Talk Radio. And we're here to give you information that will help you to take better care of your cat. And help you bond more with your cat. Yep, that too. And today, we're going to talk all about robotic litter boxes. Okay, so the way I understand robotics, if I were envisioning robotics, I would think of an assembly line in a car manufacturing place where there's robotic arms that are taking one part, putting it onto the car, taking another part, putting it onto the car. So are they coming out with cat boxes that have robotic arms that clean this kind of thing? <laughs> Scratch the little kitty as it goes out of the box, does the little scooping, and then comes back in, gives the little cat a rub. Yeah, it that would be really awesome if that's what we're talking about, actually. <laughs> but no, it's not like that. And it's also not like um, Transformers either, you know. <laughs> no, these are, and there's a slew of them on the market. These are the round kind of dome-shaped things that, that self-clean, really all self-cleaning litter boxes fall into the category of, of robotic litter boxes. But some are flat trays and some are, you know, spherical robotic things. I should have showed you one before we started talking about it. But, but the reason we're talking about it is because um, a fellow cat behavior girlfriend of mine named Lisa Emmerich. She has a company called All About Purrs. She's a cat behavior consultant and a feline advocate and a cat sitter in the western Las Vegas area. And she and I actually um, attended the same course in uh, on cat behavior at IAABC, the International Association of Behavior Consultants. And um, we often exchange emails about cases and things like this. And so she actually emailed me and she said, I don't know if you'd be willing to brave this topic on your podcast about the pros and cons to automatic self-cleaning litter boxes. I assume you feel the same that I do about them. And I feel like there's nothing on the internet to point to all the cons to them and why they're not good for cats and are truly made to satisfy humans. More and more of my clients are buying the litter robot and the other self-cleaning self boxes. And it's so frustrating and sad to me. You know, I know you've always said you didn't like them either. So this is a good topic. Yeah, I... I I don't, and you know, but I personally haven't had much experience with them. I I wouldn't buy them, so I, I've never used it day to day. You know, um, now she cat sits, so she sees a bunch of them. But the only one that I ever had somebody gave to me, and it was the tray type, 
and and it would you know it had a motion sensor on it and after the cat exited the box it had about a I don't know, 30, 45 second delay. And then it kind of rakes the litter and rakes all the clumping and stuff into a container underneath it. And and I remember, I haven't had it since Pico. I had it when I had Tabasco and I only used it for about a week. I remember the first time he hung around in the room long enough to see it clean, he freaked out. He was like, Oh my God, what's going on in my litter box? It's moving. It's alive. And he he just got so freaked out about it. He wouldn't he wouldn't really use it. You know, he was like, Oh, I really don't want to go in there. And the and the big problem with them with that type, with the flat tray type too, is it wasn't big enough. You know, it it was maybe as long as he is. And, and very narrow. So it, it definitely wasn't big enough. But there are a ton of these robotic litter boxes on the market right now. And every time we go to a trade show, I see more of them, more booths, more boxes. Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. They're going to produce a, a robotic litter box. If you go on Amazon and you put in the search bar robotic litter box, I kid you not, there are thousands of them available. And I really think that manufacturers are just seeing profit opportunity over what cats really want. I think you did a webinar on litter boxes in the past, and Mm -hmm. you covered this very same topic, I believe, a few times, right? Well, you know, I I did a, a webinar, and if you if you haven't seen it, if you're listening and you haven't seen it, go to our YouTube channel and look at it. It's it was called decoding litter box issues, and it was all about you know what what cats like dislike about boxes, as well as other reasons that they stop using a litter box. And you know when Lisa sent me that email, I I asked her. I said, well, did you watch my webinar on litter box issues? And so she went and watched it and. Um, and and then she said, yeah, you know, and I said, I, I didn't do a great job or an in-depth job about covering robotic boxes, did I? And she she agreed. <laughs> and she said, no, you, you really didn't talk about them, you know, in, in depth. And and so because she sees so many of these and the cat sending job she did, I asked her to help us out with a list of the things that that she doesn't like about them. And um, and photos, too. So there's at least a half a dozen reasons why you probably should not buy them. Is there anything you do like about them, though? Well, I mean, they're built for people. It's kind of like all covered litter boxes are built for people. All kinds of things are built for people, but not necessarily the cat. And that's, you know, that's our job and that's our mission here at Cat Behavior Solutions is to let people know what does your cat need and what does your cat prefer because that's what really counts, you know. Okay, if it if you think you're going to buy this thing and it's going to save you time and you don't have to, you know, mess with scooping and things like that. I mean, that's why people buy them. They don't want to scoop the litter box. Who wants to scoop the litter box, you know? It's not the most glamorous job in the world. So, you know, I, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I get 
why people are romanced into trying them, but you know, they're expensive. And that's the first thing, right? People think, um, I don't, I, I clearly, they're not thinking about cost when they buy them. They just think, Oh good. I don't have to scoop the litter box anymore. This is awesome. And, and the problem is that they're very expensive, not only to buy, but to maintain. And I, I think that's part of it that you don't really realize going into it because, you know, there's, there's replacement parts and reusable accessories like carbon filters and special cat litter, by the way, that's, that's required to use in them. And you'll spend substantially more in a lifetime operating a robotic litter box than, of course, you know, you would a traditional litter box. In fact, you'd probably spend more in a year than you will in a lifetime of replacement regular litter boxes. And if you have more than one cat, you know, there's a, and you want to use the cat genie, you know, to scoop for two cats, it says you can anticipate spending between $250 and $510 in replacement cleaning cartridges and plastic litter granules each year, right? And she says people who own one pet-safe, scoop-free Ultra will experience an even greater sticker shock. That litter box requires special crystal-filled litter trays that cost $600 to $1,200 each year in a multiple-cat household if changed every one to two weeks. And, of course, she goes on to say, in comparison, Dr. Elsie's Ultra Litter costs about $20 for 40 pounds, and that lasts two to three months, you know, for one box. So that's about 100, 100 bucks, $120 a year, you know, if you have two boxes, that's 200, 240 bucks a year. So, I mean, these things are expensive. The, the special litter is more expensive. The filters are more expensive. It's, it's not just several hundred dollars to buy one. Then you got to afford to operate them. And, you know, $500 a year or more, she's saying six to $1,200 a year for that one brand is a lot. It is a lot, you know, and you think about all the other stuff that you buy for your pet anyway, the toys, the food, you know, that they Especially get picky about, you know, and then the litter itself, like you're saying here, what types of litter and what types of litter goes with the box. I mean, it just seems so much more simpler just to bend over and scoop it out of a regular box and call it done. I mean, that's expensive, I think. Well, yeah, it's a whole lot easier. Well, I mean, you have to do it, but it's a lot cheaper to just have a regular box. There's all kinds of these special things that go with these robotic, like the litter has to be crystal crystals or a special kind of washable litter. And then there's all kinds of cleaning and maintenance solutions and filters and trays and bags. And I mean, if you're providing for you know, the other rule of thumb, of course, is one more litter box than numbers of cats. And and yes, that still applies even if you're buying a robotic litter box. So think of how expensive that is just multiplying all of that, you know, by two. Yeah. Oh, you know, and so if you think about it and you've got two cats, 
you have three litter boxes, kind of according to the way we've always said things here on the podcast. If you you got to have one more than the number of cats, mm-hmm. so you got three of these things everywhere, and you multiply that. Now you know it kind of begins to look like you're playing Monopoly or Catopoly or whatever it is that game we play, where it just kind of builds up and builds up and builds up. The cost keeps getting higher. Yeah, you know, and they're I, huge. I wonder, I wonder where people put all these. Exactly, because they're huge. So you know, you got to spread them out throughout the house, and they're they're big, and they're they're big devices. But you know, and and most people don't get the right number, right? I I think they think somehow the cats are going to really like this robotic litter box, so I can get rid of these three simple plastic storage boxes I've been using and just replace it with this one. Well, it's not like that at all, and you know. Beginning with size is, is just not a good solution. None of these self-cleaning litter boxes, and I mean none, you know, are big enough. They got to be one and a half times the length of a cat, and they are not. They're, and they're just that litter bed in size. So the unit is giant, but if you look inside of it, it's 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 just got a little bit of litter in the bottom and of course it's round because the thing is spherical shape and the the surface of the litter is not one and a half times the length of a cat now why is that important why do why does a litter box have to be one and a half times the length of the cat well because the cat needs to be able to get in sniff around figure out where's the cleanest spot to do his business then he's got to dig he wants to dig in a clean spot Then he's going to squat and go, and he's got to be able to turn around and cover it all up, right? And, you know, so it's got to be at least half as much wider, longer than he is. Otherwise, he's not going to have room to turn around and do all that without stepping on it, what he just did. So their size is, is, is not ideal. They're enormous on the outside, like I said, but have this small litter bed on the inside you know they they must be heavy and really not very easy to move around i i can't imagine it being like a little tray that you normally do i mean you have to when you go to clean it out you got to take it all apart and you know all that kind of stuff it's got to be heavy i would think yeah, it it is heavy. So it's yeah, moving it around, you know, like our box, I pull it out and scoop it and I sweep all around it and kick it with my foot back in to the spot and you know, no, it's not like that with these guys. They're big and heavy. Another thing is they are pretty much other than the tray style that I talked about earlier which just gets eliminated because the size isn't big enough, but they're all covered right and so they're like a little round cave to the cat right and and there's a lot of reasons why we say litter boxes shouldn't be covered and people think well it's got a a a round door you know they, they got plenty of room to get in and out no cats don't like covered boxes part of the reason is because covered boxes trap odor inside and it just multiplies those ammonia particles in the air and of course everything else and cats noses are super sensitive so 
They don't want to get in there where it smells that horrible. And a lot of them are going to choose a different place to go if it's covered. You know, the other thing is cats are both predator and prey, right? Which means that instinctively they are always hypervigilant about what's going to eat me next? What's going to get me? And they're kind of always on the lookout. You might not see it. It's very subtle. But trust me, it's going through their little brain. You know, and they don't like to go in a covered litter box because they're worried about what might ambush them when they come back and when they come out of it. And especially in a multi-cat household, you know, you're worried about they're going to be worried about the other cat. Oh, my gosh, is the other cat going to get me when I come out? And even if you have a single cat, they're going to be worried about what's what's out there, what what might get me while I'm hiding in this cave and that's why in the wild they go out in the open where they can see things coming. You know, I get it. Uh, I would be the same way if I was out camping somewhere and I was in an area where there were bears or, you know, a lot of mountain lions and things like that. You know, if you're out just hiking in the woods and you've got to go to the bathroom like that, you go find the nearest tree and, you know, you kind of keep an eye out and look around constantly. So, you know, I, I, you, I would be scared of the lions and tigers and bears in the woods. So I get what they're, where they're coming from. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's even more so when cats are pooping because it takes longer. And so they're more vulnerable when they're pooping. And so, you know, a lot of times when people's cats are pooping outside the litter box, I got to look at is the box covered because they'll just, they'll go somewhere else where they can see out, you know, and they could have got a much better viewpoint on what's coming after them. So that's a, that's a huge thing. And, you know, cleanliness. Now you wouldn't think that cleanliness would be an issue with a robotic litter box, right? Cause it's a robot and it cleans itself. It's self cleaning. So theoretically it should be a whole lot cleaner than your just regular tray litter box, right? But, oh, right. my gosh. Lisa sent photos. I haven't shared them with you yet, but, you know, we're going to post them on our Facebook whenever we post this podcast. So go there and look at the comments on our on our Facebook page um, because I'll put these pictures in there and, and please don't do it right after you've eaten or before a meal. But, oh, my gosh, these things are nasty. They're, they're, you know, they, it's like, I guess they rotate around to clean. And so if there's any watery poo at all, it's rolling around in there and smearing on the sides. It's, it's disgusting. You should look at it. But, you know, if, if you don't, and then the other thing is if you don't keep the boxes really cleaned and maintained properly, then they're going to eventually break down and stop working. And, and of course, most people don't have a backup litter box. You know, when you, when you buy a robotic litter box, you want to just be with the robotic litter box. And she actually had a client, and we'll post this picture as well, where the client didn't maintain the robotic litter box properly. It gets all gunked up. It breaks down. And so they put an, a tray, an open, just normal storage box that we recommend, you know, next to it. And now that they've got the robotic litter box fixed, they have to leave the tray out because that's what the cats prefer to use. 
I mean, that's really telling. Give your cats a choice if you're going to have one of these things. Give them a regular little box and you see what they what they use. You know, that's kind of counter, right, what, as to why they buy these things in the first place. Isn't it supposed to be less maintenance, no cleaning, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's why you do it. And, you know, yeah. it's like I mentioned a minute ago. I mean, you got to take this thing apart. You got to. I mean, I watch you clean ours. This is just a basic bucket. And I can't imagine when you got to clean all the parts and you got to, you know, take change filters and, you know, whatever else they got to do to make sure it all is working. It's just crazy to me, I think. It's like so many things in life. Sometimes the most simple solution is the best. Anytime you get things that are automated, there's a lot of maintenance to them. And speaking of maintenance, you know, Lisa says it actually requires a whole lot more maintenance. It's harder to clean than a traditional litter box. Like you said, it's more complicated and it's more time consuming. You know, I go out there with our box, I dump the litter and I go out to the work sink and I put some Dawn detergent and I have a uh, a toilet brush that's specifically for the litter box and I scrub it out and rinse it and dry it out and <laughs> spray some live pee free in the bottom put clean litter in and boom I'm done it's it's probably five minutes or less I mean it's super simple and and this apparently is not like that at all that there is a lot to take apart and you have parts to clean you know it's probably similar to comparing having a, a water fountain for your cat versus just a regular bowl, right? Because that slime builds up, and when you have to clean it, a water fountain, you've got to take the water fountain completely apart, including the pump and everything else, and scrub it all down. It's like, forget that. I'd rather just have a set of bowls and scrub them out every other day and give him fresh water and throw them in the dishwasher. It's, it's a whole lot easier. It's simple, 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 simple. And, you know, of course, we talked about, too, not only is the maintenance more time-consuming and complicated on these things, but, oh, my gosh, it's more costly, which we already talked about. But, geez. And if that weren't enough, she says they're also really prone to malfunction. She says that the scoop parts can get gunky. I guess there's a, a scoop grate or something in there. And if it gets all gunky or clogged, Right. Then the machine gets backed up or jammed and a lot of times they malfunction. And if you put too much litter in there or the wrong type of litter, that can also cause it to jam. And they say sometimes, you know, that it'll just malfunction because cat waste is blocking the sensor. Right. Yeah. So it mistakenly perceives that the the bin is being full i mean it, there's so many things that can can go wrong with these and you know if there are no other litter boxes in the home that's a big problem for the cats i mean it, it really is if they don't have an option not to use this weird contraption they might just use your your shoe <laughs> <laughs> i think i know the answer to that but do cats like these things do they really like these kind of boxes no, of course not, you know, and, and and people who have them tell me all the time, well, my cat uses it. Well, first of all, you're lucky. But if any of the things we talk about happen, they're going to go somewhere else. They're not going to get in there in a super dirty box because it hadn't been cleaning itself. And that's the other thing. When you have a self-cleaning box, you don't look at it. 
you don't go and look at it like I look at our box twice a day I because I, I scoop it twice a day so I mean uh, it's just it, you know it, it the other thing here's something else I didn't know Lisa says that these boxes take a long time to scoop like to clean right to go through their cleaning cycles and it and it means that you know, if it hasn't cleaned, if it takes a long time to clean and the cat goes in there and it's still dirty and there's not a whole bunch of just sparkling clean litter to step on, of course, they're going to go, you know, find somewhere else to go rather than waiting for that box to finish cleaning. Like she's saying that the cat genie takes 30 minutes to flush away cat's urine and poop and pet safe simply clean requires a full hour to scoop out any mess and so that means if it's cleaning if it's doing its cycle the cat's not going to get in there while it's cleaning so if it has to go it's not going to hold it for 30 minutes or an hour that's a long time i had no idea they took that long to run in their cycles and then of course if you have a kitten or a tiny cat you know cats under five pounds apparently can't use them because it's it's dangerous for them to use them. So you know that's it's incredible that we're thinking about this. I know you comment on Pico's poo occasionally. So if you can't see it, isn't that a problem too? I mean, if you can't figure out what where the clumps are, <laughs> you gotta dig for them. Yeah, well, you can't even dig for them because this machine has cleaned them all out. So you never see your cat's poo, which is the whole idea why people buy them, of course, right? But that's a problem. You need to monitor how frequently and how much your cat is urinating. That's just one of the ways that we make sure that they're healthy. If all of a sudden they start urinating a lot or not very much, tiny bits or have blood in it or things like that, and you can't see it, that's an issue. If Pico's stool isn't its normal consistency and size, then that's an issue. If he gets into a licking lap tube, which he often does if I leave my shelter bag open or something like that, and he will absolutely consume not only the licking lap, but the tube also. And I need to watch for it to come out. And I need to make sure he's pooping. Well, if I don't have any way to see that then that's a that's a real issue so yeah you know bottom line go look at the photos on facebook before you buy one you know it just just go look that's all i got to say go take a look at it and you tell me if you think you want that in your house and you know knowing that your cat's not really going to like it because it doesn't appeal to what's natural to the cat and we want to do and provide things that enhance the cat's environment, not make it more stressed. You know, I'm glad we don't have one like that because I could not imagine just from the cleaning side of this thing and how often it probably needs to be clean. I wouldn't, I, I would, it would just be for me. I don't think I would want to tackle that. Well, and it's not like you get, I don't ask you to, you don't clean the litter box now, but if we had one of these things, yeah, you'd be cleaning it because I wouldn't be taking it all apart and messing yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I don't think I'd want to do that. So I'd like to invite our listeners to email any of these type topics to Molly. If you have any ideas or questions, you can email it molly at cat 
talkradio.com. And she will definitely get back to you and review this and see if it's a topic for one of our podcasts. Absolutely. And we have a new way for you to also send us messages. If you go to cattalkradio.com, you can actually send us a voice message. Just click a button and record it, and it sends it to us. So we'd, we'd love to hear you from you in your own voice. So do that, too. And there's other ways you can help us out. You know, we are all nonprofit. Every bit of our proceeds go to helping cats and shelters and families that can't afford consults or to take care of their cats and things like that. You can buy stuff in our store. It's called the Behavior Boutique, and there's some fun little items in there for you. All of those proceeds go to the same place. There are no salaries paid out of Cat Behavior Solutions or Cat Talk Radio. And we are going to continue to provide these resources for you as long as shelter euthanasia is the number one cause of death in cats. Thanks for tuning in today, everybody. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Yep. Goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat, toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.